0: Good morning. Good morning. It is Sunday morning, the 26th of February, and you are listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. Um, This is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people, people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their choices and consequences, and, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. This week's show on Stay In The Loop With Lucy walks that talk, it is all about the heart. We're coming to the end of Heart Research Month. So today we're going to look at our relationship with this oftentimes neglected muscle that we use and abuse yet which does such a valuable job keeping us alive and, I'm going to argue, connected. Today's show will be a real celebration of this organ that inspires so many expressions of love, even a day dedicated to professing love, which has grown to be a massive money spinner for most card chocolate and flower companies. Oh, actually, I think I've fallen into just a smidgen of cynicism there. Um, my guests today are two amazing women, Gabe Caplice and Annette Baker. Welcome. Hi, Lucy.
1: Thanks, Lucy.
0: Um, To practicing counsellors in the eastern suburbs who work with couples and individuals on a regular basis supporting their clients to work out affairs of their heart by walking their talk. Hmm. I think it'll be what's wonderful is we're going to go through statistics. We're going to go through issues with with heart and what goes wrong with the heart. But I'm looking forward to you bringing life to all of those statistics because, of course, there are our families, there are um, our fathers, our mothers, sometimes our children, um, they're our cousins. They're people that we know, they're people in our community and we, we care deeply when mm-hmm. uh, someone gets uh, one of the cardiovascular diseases. So let's briefly have a look at the statistics and have some uh, practical background. One in six Australians are affected by cardiovascular disease accounting for more than 3.7 million Australians. There are over 7 million deaths globally per year from coronary heart disease. 40 to 75% of all heart attack victims die with before reaching hospital. Um, CVD, which is the, the acronym for cardiovascular disease, pre, um, prevalence increases with age. So 35% of Australians, 55 to 64, reported a long term. That's a long term, I hasten to add. Um, cardiovascular condition and increases to 62% for Australians over 75 years so we might touch a little bit later on whether that's a um, you know whether as we get older we get further away or we miss that connection to ourselves a little bit more as we approach the end of our lives I don't know just a theory (coughs) we can play Play with there. Overall, people in lower socioeconomic groups, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have higher rates of hospitalisation and deaths um, than any other Australians or than other Australians. And that's something that um, Sir Michael Marmot really looks at when he looks at um, the things that we can put around people to keep them in connected communities. Approximately every six minutes, someone in the UK dies from a heart attack. The World Health Organization depicts, predicts over 11 million deaths from coronary heart disease in 2020. It's just huge. Car- um, cardiovascular de- disease is the second largest cause of um, disease burden in Australia, which means that it costs a lot. And um, when they look at burden, they don't just look at the actual cost of the health system. They look at the loss of income, the um, burden on the family, all of those costs that uh, probably are unseen and unappreciated but the moment you get diagnosed with one of the conditions you start considering them all and um cvd remains the most expensive disease group in australia which costs the um Australian economy 7 point four seven billion, and that, these are old statistics actually that was um, 2008 to 2009 and the majority of it obviously is spent on patients admitted to hospital so if we can keep people out of hospital then it, it doesn't cost quite as much. Now the role of the heart is to pump blood around our body which feeds all the organs and essentially keeps us alive there are a number of illnesses and words that fall under the cardiovascular disease category Um, probably some of the most uh, well-known are heart attack heart failure heart valve disease coronary heart disease cardiomyopathy cardiac arrest angina um, atrial fibrillation arrhythmia Um, There are a number of others and we won't go into them now, but I'll I'll put links to where you can find more information and details about them on the website just so that you have the information and the resources if you want them. But um, this show isn't going to cover the details of Hearts. It's going to cover how we can find ourselves living in a way that... um, that in a way impact on a physical organ in our body, just as we have done with other shows such as your kidneys and, and other um, other organs in other shows during this series. Essentially, though, problems with the heart fall into two categories, plumbing and electrics, either the structure of the pipes so they get clogged and uh, impede function, <laughs> and the electrics where the signals misfire, they, they get out of rhythm or they don't fire at all. And... Um, I find that one quite interesting the the misfiring of our heart and the racing a lot of these a, a lot of lifestyle factors contribute to either the clogging in the plumbing or the electrics smoking drinking i mean caffeinated drinks and alcohol where they make the body just the pump work a little bit harder um overweight and obesity where we you know we're consuming high sugar high salt high trans fats Um, low omega-3, low fruit, low veg, when you look at the statistics, which again, I'll put links up because I've been looking at them all week. It's it's so much of this is our lifestyle that contributes to high blood pressure, stress, um, high cholesterol. Um, Do you see in your practice, let's bring you two in here. I've given this quite a large background I haven't even spoken about the feelings that come up post diagnosis. But I've mentioned a couple of words in there. Um, One is our choices, and two is stress and anxiety and and the physical manifestation of that, like uh, heart pumping faster, heart having to work harder. I know that we can't necessarily make the correlation straight away, but we could maybe just introduce the idea that the way we treat our heart and matters of the heart is not... We're not maybe appreciating the value of that little organ in our day-to-day.
1: I, I would totally agree, Lucy. And um, one of the biggest things that we see, in fact, it's, it's probably one of the things that unravels most clients when we talk to them about matters of the heart, the biggest issue is allowing themselves to express the love out, as in allowing themselves to fully love people and to allow themselves to receive love from from Mm. others. And most of the time when we talk to people about feeling separated in relationships, or feeling isolated in themselves. The, the biggest issue is that, the fact that they're, you know, people are not seeing who they are, they're not getting to recognise in that person how lovely they are, the fact that they can express love. So, without fail, every time we talk about that with a client, they cry it really unravels them because we all know that we're meant to be loved and we're meant to love other people we're meant to express this love to other people we we have this innate um, feeling that we need to belong to each other so if you're not using that organ what happens is that it hardens Mm. the the tension of the area and so we can see that in practice really simply you know um in relationships when people shut down or get cold on their partners or withdraw or things like that they know that they're not expressing their love in the relationship they're not using their heart muscle to do that and every time it it's a killer yeah and you can see the regret the remorse the the devastation in the person you know the the you can isolate it to say okay that person's got cold they've got shut down they've got icy so the heart is seen as a warm arena yes you know being cardiocentric you can feel that there's warmth there's openness in the way that you express so when somebody shuts that area down then it's going to to make that area tense, hard, cold and you can understand that that person might be dismissive or cut off
0: from what they feel. This is illustrated in our lives enormously it's illustrated in movies even in children's movies when you look at Disney. You look at the warmth and love that emanates from some of their princesses and, you know, some of their important uh, characters. And then the ice coldness, like the ice queen in Frozen, you know, she has been hurt by love, (laughs) you know. When you take it back to its basics, it's the image and the uh, illustration of what you've just shared that you see in daily practice is actually common knowledge, but we're not, by the sounds of things, understanding the true consequence and how it can come into our normal interactions with each other, uh, with, almost imperceptibly, without us noticing or paying attention. Yeah,
1: without paying attention, but people do know. Because if you talk to them about how they're feeling in their life, they know that they're cutting off from people. That's they true, do, They yeah. They do know they it's it's why they get upset it's why when we talk to them about the fact that we can see that they're not expressing from their heart enough they're not sharing the more of themselves with others they always cry and the reason that they cry is because they feel sad that they're not sharing that aspect of themselves they're not using that that cardiocentric model to open up and live with yeah where
0: but, are you Annette on this well
2: in that example um, of, let's say, we have a situation with a client and, and we speak to them in that way and address that there's some hardening there and then they cry. Um, the reason that that occurs in that moment is because we are totally open and, and totally allowing ourselves to be ourselves with them and expressing from that place in us. So the fact is that mm. what's happening is they're receiving... That true openness and that true warmth of the heart from someone else mm. but the situation and, and so they feel that and they, they sort of drop and surrender and allow that in and then they have that moment of awareness that they're not living that but it goes back to what you just brought up about let's say for example the, the ice queen the, yeah. the depictions of, of where we've shut off is that we have a situation where people, are, people have been hurt in life and who hasn't we all have but from that position of being hurt choose to shut down Mm -hmm. and wait for somebody else to bring that warmth to us rather than us bring it to them
0: and that's a key point and I'm sure it's something we'll keep coming back to throughout this show in different ways so we can look at it from lots of different angles our personal responsibility but the fact that there are two very different expressions how we let people love us so mm-hmm. we might call that letting love in I, I i would say that that's something that people find very difficult to do uh but you know that's where that's what i have seen as opposed to necessarily um what i what uh, through any experience from counseling that you have but also i think we focus so much on what we're giving out so we give out a version of what we think is love and then when we don't get that reflection back it confirms to us that we need to shut down and you see Mm. you know i'm giving all of this but i'm not getting anything in return if i look at it from a from being a mother for you know 20 years and being exhausted for probably 13 of those 14 of those Um, I was resentful at how much I was doing for everybody else. So I would say that I was being very loving. But in the last six, seven years, actually knowing what it is to take care of myself and bring love to myself first has opened up doors that I didn't even know were Mm. closed. So now I can see that when I'm loving, I'm not expecting anything in return to tell me that i'm being loving and therefore i don't get hurt when i don't get back the appreciation that i think i should get back does that make any sense
2: um absolutely what Mm. i one of the things that comes to mind when you are when you're expressing that is that um uh, what you're saying about that we don't get the love back yes or we we get a a version of love but if you're not appreciating your own openness to be loving and to receive love then you are operating on versions of love and typically what happens then is that what you're looking to get back is the same as what you're giving
0: which is a version which is a version because I wasn't putting out true love anyway it was conditional love wasn't it really yeah so okay so we've got two types of love we're just talking about here just to clarify for our listeners we've got a, a conditional love, yeah, and we're actually trying to get underneath that and go, okay, so what is true love if that's now coming up as conditional love?
2: Yeah, so wh- what how we always share with people is that is to once you start to work on your own capacity to express the love that you are, because we all are that love, and that's why we know it so instantly in a moment when we feel it like truly from someone, mm. as the example in the counseling setting, yeah, but. If we're not appreciating that in ourselves and and committed to forever opening ourselves in that way, then we're always looking for it to come back to us in the same way we're giving it because we're not appreciating ourselves, therefore we're not also appreciating it in others. So we can't see the way that other people express love in their own way
0: Mm.
2: because we haven't connected to what is our way of expressing love. And when we do that, then we can appreciate that we're love is love there's no difference about what love is because it's an energy it's a quality but we do all have our unique expression and and you might say the way you might express love might be to say the words I love you with absolute you know full commitment and meaning and feeling and my way of expressing love may not be to say the words it may be something else it might be a gesture of um You know, it might be a physical gesture of just Mm. a a, a very embracing hug or it might be sending you a a photo of us or could be anything. But until we actually connect to our expression of love, then we're looking for it to come back to us in the same way and we'll always be disappointed.
1: I've got a great example of that that comes up often in sessions. We're seeing a lot of this lately is in couples particularly this... um, as you were talking about conditional love Mm. a way of measuring with each other that says okay well i've i've packed the dishwasher three times this week (laughs) and i've taken the dog for a walk four times so what are you what are you bringing are you in my house (laughs) (laughs) and that is seen as uh, that's seen as love that's the expression of love like Oh. oh this is I can chalk this up on the board of this is what I'm doing for you. Right. And as Annette says, when it doesn't come back in the same way, then we're not feeling valued or appreciated. Right. But to truly be loving, that gesture or expression of like, say you're cooking the meal or say you're doing the wash up, say you're putting a load of washing on if you're a mum or you're driving the kids to the school all of that when it's done in an open-hearted way is not measured it's done as an expression of this is this is my commitment to love this is my expression of love to you it's something that is that flows from me Mm. and is expressed to you from the warmth of my heart from the generosity of my heart and there's more abundance of that gesture where it came from I do this because I feel to do it because of me, not because of you so much. Mm. So it's a completely different way of looking at love, whereas the other is conditional. It says, I've got you clocked, but I want you to recognize what I'm doing for you.
0: Wow.
2: But that that point that Gabe made is super important about when we're talking about love and expressing love and we're talking about the heart and how to keep that organ pumping and fluid and open Mm. is that this expression of love that we're talking about, you do it for you first. It's because it's you. It's because of your commitment to you that you then share and express in that way so that, yes, of course, others get the, the flow on of that but you don't do it for others first. You're doing it for yourself and thereby that is your quality that you live out in the world with, that anybody can be the, the um, receiver of, not just your partner, not just your kids, it's, it's anyone that you come into contact with.
0: And that might, if we go back to the unpacking the dishwasher scenario... Uh, that might look like, you know, taking everything out and slamming everything in its drawers so that when, you know, when you and you open the cupboard to take out the plates or open the drawer to take out the plates, you kind of go, ooh, you know, there's this, just that, I put these in here. You know, <laughs> make sure you notice, make sure you appreciate. Um, but they, they, you can do it gracefully or you can do it without thinking or you can do it resentfully but it almost leaves an imprint Mm. you know because i mean i've we've all walked into rooms where you can feel an atmosphere and just as you can't turn on and off an atmosphere you can't turn on and off an imprint that you do when you unpack something like a dishwasher so if you're doing it resentfully which is the end result of of actually not looking after yourself, so then you feel pushed to do it for another as opposed to just do it in service to the family or mm. the the community that you're living with in that house, then it comes with it a loading absolutely and when you when you
1: do it with love, a pure expression of love it's completely different and i'll give you an example of that when i when I um, do the washing and I fold. One of my favorite th- things to do for Annette is when I do the washing and it's all ready to fold, and I fold her t shirts and everything. I fold them with so much love for me. And I know that when she comes to receive those, I just put them, you know, secretly away in her drawers or compartments where she'll find them. When she comes towards that, piece of uh, you know fabric that's been folded in such a beautiful way she gets the imprint of how I've expressed my love for myself and for her, yeah, in the relationship, a
0: celebration of the relationship mm. in the folding of a T-shirt. Yeah, and and it's when so Gabe simple.
2: when Gabe puts them away secretly in my drawer, she gets the beautiful reflection and love <laughs> of how t- how beautifully you know ordered my drawer is. So yeah. she gets that gift as well as I get the gift. It's the <laughs>
0: gift that keeps on giving in your house, isn't it? But that's so lovely because what you both shared there is you're constantly aware of how you live and its impact on another so there's a real community in how you're living even though your dedication is to make sure that it supports you in your way of living first and the impact of that is that you can see the playfulness of it supporting another that's just not that's just not widely spoken about in the sense that we don't take uh, our expressions of making love to that level because that is that's a constant exchange of love it's not confined to a physical act it's actually in all expressions. so you would have no doubt when someone said i love you or say i love you to each other that you have a level of love for each other because you can feel it in every expression that you have in everything that you do for each other and with each other yeah Yeah,
1: exactly you know you can You can say I love you in the way that you pour your partner's cup of tea or a family member's cup of tea and then take it to them. That's as Mm. beautiful as giving them a present or a card that says I love you or Mm. saying
0: it it straight to their face. When my husband makes me a tea and brings me a tea and I haven't asked for it or it's just a spontaneous moment, you can. You can feel that love in there that is just his, here, I, I, I feel that this would really support you right now. And he's mm. chosen the type of tea and the mug or the cup, you know, how it's going to be given to me. You know, there's a lot of care and, and deep love that goes into that simple pouring of a cup of tea. And yeah. in,
1: in, in, in that, you've hit on something that's really important, Lucy, which is that that person has said, I'm including you. Mm. i'm I'm with you i'm I have you with me in this moment and the the biggest issue for heart for the heart is separation mm mm-hmm. and that's what we find in in counseling with with people that they actually don't feel included they don't feel like they belong, and when they get separated in life, it is a heart issue so when you're expressing from your heart what you're doing is including people with you you're sharing you with them and you're asking them to be with you so so loose that just to to bring
2: this back around to something you said before as well uh, in reference to that example of us with the clothing and the drawers and and that we're living with that um, the fact is we're living with that awareness, as you said, of how it's how, how we live is impacting or affecting another or others. So even though we say when you commit to that expression of love and that the quality of your heart that it's for you first, it is always with the awareness of exactly that, how it will affect others. So it's not a selfish thing as in me, me, me. It always comes as a, a more... If we could use the word spherical, like all encompassing awareness of everything and everyone around you and how your actions and your movements affect everything.
0: I don't know about the listeners, but my heart physically and my chest physically mm. are feeling this. You mm. know, we're talking about things that are making my body respond vibrate it vibrate yeah <laughs> yeah um so we'll go to a break because you know i mean i, I can't imagine it's just contained to this room there must be people who are listening who are going oh you know <laughs> it, it as you say when you speak to someone and they connect to something that's very deep within it brings up uh, an awareness of where you've held back mm. and that's that's uh, a key to enormous healing in our lives because we always have that choice
2: It's very humbling. Very humbling.
0: So we're going to have a song called Let My Heart Lead the Way today. So appropriate. Um, It's by Deborah Savran. And here we go. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Yes, indeed. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Uh, This morning, I have got Gabe Caplice. Lucy, thank you. And Annette, Annette Baker. Morning, Lucy. <laughs> so <laughs> nearly called you a different surname Nearly there. called me Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> I need you called you Annette and then I think Caprice. probably Caprice, <laughs> Yes, We're probably merging. it <laughs> <laughs> be a double-barrelled surname, I suspect. Um, now, we've been talking about affairs of the heart. We've been talking about love. We're coming to the end of Heart Research Week and we're doing research into uh, true love, I think we're getting to now. We've looked for conditional love, and actually, we're talking about a love that um, it can manifest in. The relationships we have with other people in how we care for ourselves the the level of attention to detail we bring to caring for ourselves and and that as as Gabe illustrated can be seen in how we walk the dog how we pack the dishwasher how we fold our clothes for each other both Annette and Gabe gave examples of of how that's a very practical way we can be loved with ourselves and and another person can share with that when I When I looked at what the web was saying about the feelings that come up post-diagnosis, I find that they're very telling about what feelings probably are lived in other areas of our lives that we have ignored until that uh, enormous stop to our plumbing or our electrics in our heart has come to front view full face they talk about anxiety and stress about the future confusion over changing roles in the family a sense of losing control of your life a fear of changes in your lifestyle a fear of resuming physical and sexual activity anxiety about work commitments and fear of a slow recovery there's a lot of fear in there a lot of anxiety which you can feel holds us back from the openness we're naturally impulsed to live as a child. But my questions are, do any of those fears that come up post-diagnosis, I I feel that so many of them are lived in our day-to-day and result in the coping mechanisms to numb this fear and anxiety. Mm. So we eat. We smoke, we drink caffeine, we eat poor, convenient and fast food. We have a poor, inconvenient fast food diet. And um, rarely do we consider counselling or psychological support as of the same value as going to the doctor and getting physical support for an ache or a sprain or a break. Um, We wait until it's very serious before we actually deal with anything emotional. What do you find, I mean, the rea- the reality of the, the lifestyle choices we're making and the coping mechanisms, you must see, I would guess, quite a few of those embedded as normal behaviours by the time someone finally comes to the point of realisation that they need to work on themselves or on the relationship.
1: Absolutely. And...
0: Actually, we were talking to
1: a young client yesterday morning who had, by chance, met somebody special and really let themselves open up and fall in love. And it was maybe somebody we could consider it a whirlwind romance, but it wasn't really, it was just... The two people let themselves really be free to love each other, and they really fell in love very quickly, which was just gorgeous. But then he went into self-doubt over the fact that they were a long distance, whether it was whether they were going to be able to circumnavigate the complications of that long distance you know, the thinking head came in and started shutting down the feelings of the heart. And before long, they'd broken up because he just felt that he could just couldn't do it, which, you know, we can understand. So the first thing that she did was go out binging. The mm. first thing she did was to, because she just felt so sad that she'd opened her heart up and just let herself fall in love and it was almost like well what's the point of doing that because I'm just going to get denied it's going to get rejected here comes the hurt again what is the point so the first thing she did was go into these behaviors so she was out smoking and drinking and partying really hard working really hard at her job and Basically, she knew the whole time that she was just taking herself way off track. But at the same time, she just didn't want to feel the sadness from having lost the relationship, having lost the potential of being able to express her love and have somebody enjoy to express love back with her. And she'd been so opened up to then be closed down and shut down so quickly was a devastation and this is what happens to people they get hurt and then they go into those behaviors and so suddenly you've got another condition happening happening so it's it's quite known well known that if you smoke or smoking a lot has been attributed to, to loneliness
0: mm.
1: and isolation mm, absolutely so people who are not feeling you know, um, like they're out there relating to people in life or when they have issues of loneliness come up, your your cigarettes and your packet of cigarettes is your best friend and at least it's not going to let you down, it's not going to reject you.
0: I can distinctly remember feeling um, when I felt very sad about something the part of me that's hurt is my heart, but also my lungs. Breathing has been hard. And I've wanted to ease that that pain by doing something about my breath. And I could quite see. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't been a smoker. I've smoked maybe twice in my life because actually I wanted to join in at work. I felt a bit lonely, mm. funnily enough. Um, but I can quite see just from what that felt like in that one or two times that I did it, that that numbed me in some way. I It was like it made the e- the breathing easier. And I watch my, my mum, who's a smoker, and I f- see her breath go painful, shallow mm. when she's hurt. I can see, you know, it's... And she will smoke and I see her body relax and her breathe better, even though I know that the smoke is shutting down her lungs. So I think I've learned to understand smoking and smokers. And I also feel that because if we can understand them in that way and bring understanding in that way, we give people an understanding of how to stop smoking. Mm. Because if we can actually learn how to support ourselves in another way when we feel those feelings, then we don't go to the thing that actually is, there's a clear correlation between smoking and lung cancer, clear, very clear. Mm. But also, as you say, the emotional consequences of it, the shutting down on the body, the the effect on our lungs and our heart and and every other organ in our body because it stops our growth, you know? Mm. Well, the heart,
1: you know, when people have um, a disaster with affair, an affair of the heart or even if you're hurt by a situation in your family or something that comes up with at work, it's not uncommon for us to see people get um, chest infections, come mm. down with a flu.
0: Bad coughs that can't go. Yeah, yep.
1: exactly, all of that. And it's almost like you can see that they're in grief. They've gone from sadness to grief, Mm. and that it's a visible thing that happens in their bodies. It's it's so so common. It's so it's the other thing that you can that is kind of a repetitious thing that happens in breakups and hurts over affairs of the heart is people go and sleep around. Mm. So that it's almost like, well, I'll just prove to you that, that doesn't, it doesn't matter, that it didn't affect me, that I'm okay.
0: And that someone else wants me, even if you don't, maybe, yeah. you know, that you're still wanted and needed. So in,
1: wow. in were you talking about behaviours where we end up abusing ourselves because we fall, you know, we've been hurt in love? But
2: can I just add, Liz, yeah. what, what we... What, what, what's actually underneath all of that, like you bringing the breath into it, mm. in, into this conversation. And when we get hurt, you can feel that sort of restriction. Mm. You can feel that like tightness in your chest. You can perhaps feel like you just want to sigh or you're going around sighing. So, or you get, you know, these in, chest infections and things happen, lung conditions. Where we always take it back to is that there was something to be expressed before Mm -hmm. all of that occurred. So that's just the outplay of Mm. a holding back of expression. So when we're hurt by something or we're sad, if we don't bring our full expression to that and really, really get to the bottom of what we're feeling, not talking about being emotional and cathartic and all of that, but just actually speaking or, you know, just the honesty internally to ourselves about what we're really feeling about that situation... If we don't get to that, then we are placing that restriction and constriction on ourselves mm. and, and then there is an outplay. There's either the the health condition or there's reaching for the cigarettes or there's um, going out and binging in other ways.
0: Maybe getting angry to get even. Yeah. Because I see a lot of anger and yet, you know, very often it, the ability, if you talk to someone who's very angry, to say, gosh, you actually sound hurt mm. by them not appreciating you or by the way they behaved or 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 what they did to you first. And that just seems to cut the behavior. I've done that with my children when they were, you know, re- I, can, I can remember my son at four years old being so angry <laughs> about going to school, so angry about it. And I sat him down and I just said, it sounds like you're really sad i what i i i see that you're angry but i feel like something's making you sad what have i missed and he just burst into tears hmm. and said i wanted to wear my gray socks <laughs> or whatever <laughs> it was you know it was something about what he was wearing that i had made him wear something else yeah. and he was at a school where he could wear what he wanted preschool and um but i had imposed something on him and he wasn't able to express and he was conforming because he was going to school and blah 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 but you know then when i said thank you for sharing that with me i had no clue okay we we're really going to run late how about run up and get the socks you want change them in the car as long as you're ready to get out the car on time we should be okay yeah and and all of a sudden the the anger was gone and we were all good, but if it takes one or other to to choose to see below below the outplay of the fury and the yeah. anger and sometimes the really horrible behavior that comes out of someone to trust that there is some some hurt under there that you might have to take responsibility from, so I had to take responsibility for the fact that I had not paid attention to his feelings or what he wanted to do i had just imposed a picture of how i thought the clothes went together and what clothes i thought he should wear for that day yeah and you know
2: we we do that all the time in in our work in counseling if we're presented with somebody who's super angry we'll always say Mm. what are you sad about Mm. but anybody can do that in Mm. their life in their relationships you don't have to be in a counseling setting yeah and if you can go there like if, if you can have the let's let's call it courage to bring up something difficult with someone and say what are you what are you sad about you're really angry but what are you actually sad about and if that person can have the um, grace to surrender to considering that question yeah um, it will save a whole lot of trouble down the track yeah because you're picking up those things along the way instead of them let instead of them accumulating yes. And you have this massive pile of ends up being resentment and bitterness and and trying to track Mm. your way back through that to get to what was originally the problem, which might have been the gray socks. Mm. Instead of, you know, something else when your son is, you know, 16 and you track back and he says, well, when I was six, you made me wear those You didn't listen
0: to me then. Why are you going to listen to me now? Yeah. (laughs) But it's true, isn't it? And, and the, that that ability of us to find the right timing for those conversations as well, because when someone's mid-fury, really saying, what are you upset about, might actually mm. not be the right timing to do that. Sometimes you have to read a situation and go, hold on a second, there's something more going on here. And it might be walking away and coming back another time and saying, you know what, the way you behave wasn't okay, but I get a feeling that there's something else going on rather than, you know, the, you might be really angry about the way I behaved, but somewhere along the line, there's something upsetting you that I haven't spotted. And just approaching it, not necessarily in that moment, but actually laying foundations at other times for those conversations to come in. Because if we've lived a particular way with a partner or in a family for a very long time, it's not going to change overnight, is it? It takes time and trust and and actually learning how to trust again. Mm. Yeah,
1: very true. And what you're both um, talking about is reminding me of the fact that we've had um, a few sessions in the last year with some elderly people, different elderly people from different situations in life and the regret that they feel when they haven't actually expressed what needed to be expressed, you can see that the pain is still with them. So we're talking about living with this pain of unexpressed hurt over feelings, Mm. um, maybe matters of the heart for like 20, 30, 40 years. And the undoing, how that undoes a person in their body or the constriction that we've been talking about or the feeling of isolation that Mm -hmm. happens to people. And they almost are saying in the sessions, oh, it's too late, you know, can't go back and fix all of that and have gone past it and, you know, it's almost like to unravel what was the trigger or the core issue is so huge because they've got to track back 30, 40 years of not expressing what was there to be expressed at the time, which is what you're talking about. And that brings its own complications. Like we had uh, a case recently with an elderly gentleman who's obviously holding back his feelings and not sharing himself, you know, on a heart level. And... Um, he just ended up um, shutting down and the doctors have finally diagnosed him with anxiety, but the family was so stressed, they just did know, not know what was happening to their dad mm-hmm. and f- to their loved one. And, you know, I think he's in his 70s, so it's a long time of not expressing how, how you feel. And the further we get away from expressing what's there to be expressed. Say you have a, you know, you have a bad um, incident in a relationship or, as Annette was saying, you know, in loving relationships when we don't tell people how much we really love them and we stay cool and we don't share that, all of that builds up over a period of time. If you track ahead 40 years, then you're going to feel the regret you 're going to feel that you've missed the opportunity or the potential to be able to share expressly from your heart what was there to be spoken
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know i i'm a 'm um, a big um, believer in the in in saying "I love you to people that you love and saying it fully don't be shy don't hold it back because there's there's no greater time like the present moment to express how you're feeling about loving somebody and you don't want to end up with anxiety in your 70s or feeling isolated and or in behaviors like you've you've turned to drinking because you can't get on with people mm. because you've been hurt and then you then you choose to a disagreeable way of dealing with confrontation in
0: relationships and there are acceptable ways of um, hiding those emotions and food would be a really good one yeah, the sugar massive. that comes the raciness that comes from sugar the pleasure the sweetness in life Oh, you've got to have your small pleasures don't take that one away from me I live a very healthy life I've got to be allowed a little treat um, you know it's it's massive it's absolutely massive, and the the manifestation you you talked about it that how painful it would be to live that way. Well, the statistics show mm-hmm. that heart disease is bigger? Um, it is a it's a larger cohort that get it as you get older? So the, yeah, the that's what I was thinking yeah. when you
1: set, read that. I was thinking about the clients that we have that are elderly yeah. that are having difficulties. You know, and they're at. I would say they're as a result of
0: those kinds of things you know early patterns of behavior that get embedded
2: there's there's an aspect to this lucy which we've not um brought into the conversation yet which is um sensitivity Mm -hmm. how do we honor our sensitivity um Let's, t- let's do
0: that after okay. this. We're going to go to one more, we're going to go to another song, a little short break because we're, we're coming up to the last half hour. Goodness knows how, how we have um, gone through that time quite so quickly. I feel like we've created a day's show in, <laughs> in an hour so far. But sensitivity is a very important point and I believe that what we've uncovered, the, the three of us, is that we're incredibly sensitive beings yeah. and we see that in a newborn baby. So, but it's not encouraged. No, exactly. So let's, when we come back from the break, let's talk about, let's, let's take an agreement that we are incredibly sensitive mm. and let's give practical ways that we can nurture that sensitivity. So we'll make the last half hour very practical and how we can give practical tips for letting love in for being love to ourselves and therefore letting love out. So we'll, we'll be very practical in the last half hour. And you, Perfect. Because you can explain from, you can mm. share what you do, I can share what I do and we'll just see where we go. I'm looking forward to hearing Annette's expression on sensitivity. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds good. Well, we're going to listen to Beautiful Soul by Shamim. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. I so nearly spoke over that. <laughs> I did not expect him to uh, to come up with funded by an Australian initiative, something like that. Uh, you are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. Um, I have got Gabe Caplice with me and Annette Baker, whose mic I have not turned on. I Good morning. <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. Good morning we've been talking about affairs of the heart there is I would be amazed if while you're listening to this your chest has not expanded and your body hasn't started um, feeling more I know whenever I feel more it feels achy almost as if I'm feeling like I'm getting a cold but it's actually my lymphatics you know that I'm feeling this space in my body that hasn't been there before and it Mm. it makes me very tender with myself which is a a great gift we could say that it makes me feel very sensitive and I think that's when we talk about you know the the information announcement before we came on air was about Alzheimer's and what Gabe brought up earlier about the clients that you see who are who don't express something and then years and years years later they get a manifestation of an illness whatever it may be tracking back is harder so not matching the two because I have no foundation to say that you know not dealing with your stuff ends up in Alzheimer's or anything else. But if there are things that we can do in our teens, in our 20s, in our 30s, in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s that could alleviate something later on, mm. a complication later on, why don't we do it? Why don't we acknowledge that we are sensitive beings and that this? feeling that we get when we're poorly and that the care we bring to ourselves when we're sick the stop that we bring into our lives might be an opportunity to put a reboot in a a complete fresh start in that could become a normal way of living as opposed to just something we do when we're sick and we feel we need to take more care of ourselves so if we start there by an appreciation and an acceptance that we're sensitive beings And we talk about love and our relationship with love with ourselves as being a way to develop that relationship and allow ourselves to stay sensitive so that we don't go into the coping behaviours and mechanisms that numb it and that harden. What what would you say would be where we start? If I came to you and I really didn't have a clue, this had been my way of Mm. living for about, I don't know, 20, 30 years... Um, do I start with letting love in or letting love out, you know, or do I just sit in a heap on the floor and cry for four (laughs) days and (laughs) and not move? Well. Come on, Annette. Um, What gems? (coughs) Clear that throat.
2: Um, Well, just talking about sensitivity first before we get to where do we start, letting love in, letting love out. Do we have
0: to do that so that we can understand why it's not something to run away from?
2: Do we have to yeah, understand sensitivity? Yes, what, it,
0: explain yes. to us why sensitivity and understanding it and appreciating it for a power as opposed to a...
2: Exactly, because sensitivity is typically not seen as a strength. It's seen mm. as a weakness. That's, okay. So as you mentioned before the break, uh, when a baby is born, they're super sensitive and mm. they don't have to do anything to to impress anyone. All they have to do is just just lay there and be there and you know be gorgeous but they're super sensitive and what that is is that they are super feeling they feel everything going on around them Mm. and but the thing is that we are all like that our whole life but we shut that down we shut down that awareness to the fact that we feel so much around us that we're super sensitive to the way a door is closed or Mm. um, you know you can feel the pressure of someone driving behind you who's who's just on a mission to get somewhere and that you can feel them pushing even Mm. if they're not you Mm. can feel it but how much do we go through life allowing ourselves to acknowledge the awareness of how much we feel we don't typically because it's not been encouraged to be sensitive because you know there's the typical sort of aspect of boys being told to toughen up and um, you know, girls get locked into these pictures of what they're supposed to want in life, in their future for relationships and all that sort of thing with no true care offered to them to say, well, hang on, what do you, what do you feel actually about this situation? So we've covered this morning talking about hurts and anger and underneath anger is sadness and we've talked about all of that but underneath all of that is the acknowledgement and the honouring of yeah. our sensitivity and when we don't do that, that's when we start this process of hardening and shutting down.
0: Wow. I, I, when you were describing the sensitivity of a baby, I went to exactly the same picture of you did of the slamming of the door. It's a sensitivity to noise. But beyond the noise, the baby feels the energy that that door was slammed in, yes. the unexpressed emotions that ended up in the door being shut in a way that ended up in a slam. The same with pots and pans. The same with mm. you know how loud the television is if the television's on or, or, you know all those noises. How you hold a baby, you know. I think you It's bought f- front and foremost when you hold a baby and you realise actually you're holding it quite roughly because the baby goes uh, no. Or if you're full of emotion and you hold a baby and think baby's going to clear it for you, the baby just screams and cries and says, actually, can you pass me to someone else? <laughs> you know, or wriggles and just like, you know, or poos, you know. So the, um, it's what we take as normal, isn't it? Because someone who slams doors all the time possibly wouldn't even know that how you close a door has a ripple effect, impact.
2: Well, we were once that baby. Yeah, and. And as that baby, we got cared for in, in most situations. Of course, there's situations where people don't get cared for in a loving way. But somewhere along the way, we stop, we stop appreciating that we need that level of love and care. And as we get older, and it, it's, it's necessarily mm. us then that needs to take over that responsibility. It's only really the responsibility of your parents until you. Um, are able to do things for yourself and then we need to take that responsibility ourselves but we don't Mm. and that's why when you say is it letting love in or expressing love out which comes first it really has to start with just that acknowledgement of the need for deep care Mm. and then you can sort of start to go oh okay now I'm getting a feeling of what this quality what this energy of love might be
0: and that that acknowledgement of the need of deep care very often does come with the stop that illness and sickness bring mm. into your life. So that diagnosis of cancer, you, it's a reality check that makes you stop and say, mm. you know, I've got to change the way I live.
2: Well, as you said, the, the, the post-diagnosis, all those fears that come up, yeah. anxiety, how I'm going to deal with work, how am I going to um, be with... Um, Physical, change the different roles all of
0: that yeah.
2: how much of those fears and anxieties actually already existed in that person's life anyway yeah that they had overridden mm-hmm. is, is the question i would sort of put to that
1: mm-hmm. that they haven't allowed their sensitivity to
0: feel yeah because feeling clearly hurts and it might be a pattern that's come from childhood that feeling hurts or and it doesn't seem to take very many experiences. I mean, if you think back to our heartbreaks and we've all had them in our lives, it doesn't take very many for you to learn, okay, do not go there, um, build a protection, build a wall, and then you just reaffirm that.
1: Well, the thing that we always hear in session, this is classic, and everyone says it when they're heard about something, oh, I'm fine. yeah. We all naturally go to that <clears throat> to say, I'm fine, but we're not fine.
0: Just why? It's just where the awareness <coughs> of days like Are You Okay Day is so important because we, those, those mental health days where it's a simple question of Are You Okay? How often do we just by rote say I'm fine and we don't really let ourselves be sensitive, vulnerable, open up to others. Yeah, and and
1: let yourself feel your feelings. So you were talking about tips, Lucy, for um, expressing love. Mm. With regards that, you know, that situation that Annette was just talking about, being sensitive, allowing yourself to feel your sensitivity, I would say one of the things that we hate most in relationships is conflict. Mm -hmm. So... The one of the biggest tips that I would, would say is necessary for being loving in relationships is being able to express honestly how you feel. Yep. Just instead of saying, I'm fine, take the time to sit down with the person that you have the confrontation with or conflict with and saying, well, I'm actually not fine. This is what's going on for me. And... How, how are you feeling? Let's yeah. talk about this, but not in a heated way, not in a condemning way, not mm. in a judgmental way, but just let's, let's talk about what we're
0: heard about. So do we talk about that from the position of how you're feeling, not necessarily what the other person is doing? So you've, when you're talking with the other person, you're yes. saying, this is how I feel. And it might be when you do that, this is how I feel. But and and, but I think there needs to be a stress on this isn't about what you're doing, this Mm. is about how I am feeling as a result of what you're doing.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have to it's not about being judgmental. Mm. But having said that, we're not perfect in the way that we come out about these things to start off with. So the point being is that when you take an opportunity to express honestly and from your heart openly then you're more likely to get to understanding and that understanding is critical because the way we shut down in our heart happens when we're not honest and we hold those things with us and then we live, you know, we go on living and it it becomes the complication that we live with. So people are holding hurts about relationships that they haven't actually opened up and expressed about as we're talking about on this show 20 to 30 years later 40 years later unresolved that's got to hurt your heart yeah
0: it's got to hasn't
1: it
2: can i just add because because um sensitivity is generally seen as a weakness i feel it's important to um, give a little bit more expression to why it's a strength And the reason it is in how we're talking about this in terms of acknowledging that sensitivity then expressing from that place is that it keeps you connected to your body and that's Mm. how that's how this is relevant to what we're talking about today in terms of the organ of the heart because if we if we don't honor our sensitivity we don't express how we feel we shut down you see the, the the hardening the manifestation on the body If we do honour our sensitivity, it keeps us in touch with our body to such an extent that the moment we veer off that slightly, we're we're in contact with that and we're looking at, okay, what happened? How did I get there? So you're constantly bringing yourself back to a more centred, more connected place in your body so that you don't go like way off track with behaviours, you know, eating, things you shouldn't be eating or drinking or being abusive in relationship it's just, it's mm. a constant bringing back to your body and this is a process that that is ongoing through life, you don't reach a point of it and that's it, you don't have to bring any focus to that mm. it's a constant refining but it's a it's a very beautiful and very lovely way to live, It it it, it is love.
0: So body aware yeah. clocking when you have a feeling in your body so it might be that you get a I mean, I've definitely had sharp stabbing pains in my lower back, you know, where I've seen my kidneys are. It's like there's an energetic, oh, something's just happened there. Or it might be that I've got tense in my shoulders and haven't noticed or my jawline's got a bit tense or I'm frowning and I didn't know I was or, you know, there's there's a tension in my leg muscles, almost like I'm ready to run and I didn't know they were there. So it's kind of that bringing physical awareness a, a conscious awareness to, yeah. the, to your physicality and where there's a tension coming in so could we say that we're starting to be aware of of tension in our body w- when we're in situations whether we're speaking or not speaking just being aware of physically what's going on starts to show how sensitive you are to what's going on mm. absolutely
2: yeah well, there's the classic case that pretty much everyone knows where if you you know if you keep things in and bottle them up you, your throat gets all sort of thick and you feel like you've got a lump in your throat yeah. that's a classic example of the body reflecting what is not being uh the feeling that's not being responded to mm. or the sensitivity not being on it, and you get that lump in your throat where or you don't express your frustration and you you get a mm. headache yeah they're yeah. classic classic simple <laughs> examples of the body um you know of the of the re- the reflection the constant reflection that the body offers us so. oh
1: and and on that too when you don't express your frustration you get hurt by something sometimes what you tend to see is people don't then look each other in the eye. so you can get into behavior where you divert your gaze so you're not really looking at people mm because you're upset,
0: so you don't. Oh, actually hold. so you say? How are you going? I'm fine, but actually, yeah. you're looking at the walls. So I'm yeah. so not going to look at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Gosh, a lot of personal responsibility in this show, isn't it? Yeah. Because we can talk forever in a day about how people can hurt us and how it can hurt our heart, and but how we respond or react to that hurt or what we're feeling, and you know, the assault. On our sensitivity, wherever it may come from, we have a choice in that moment. Um, sometimes it is about just walking away mm-hmm. for for our our own safety perhaps, but also for our own physical stroke, mental health and, and rebuilding. But it's not about withdrawing so much that you shut down from life and from people. Because then we have that that terrible pain of isolation, which um in all statistics, in all health statistics, isolation is disastrous. Mm. I think that's what
1: people feel most sad about, feeling separate, Mm. you know, or not relevant. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't mean anything to anyone. Ah. It's, it often comes up in sessions. And I, I would like to share a tip on um, expressing love out because we've talked about, Mm. you know, uh, what happens if if you don't, or what happens if you if you don't express that sensitivity? But to express love out, or one of the uh, one of the successful ways to be healthy in relationships, and it doesn't matter you don't have to have a partner, it can be family, with children, with work colleagues, anywhere, is to share something that's valuable a quality about yourself with other people so say you're an affectionate person and that's a beautiful quality of you then be affectionate with everyone don't wait for a special person to do that with just be it with everyone or um, say you're a generous person and you love to be generous then don't hold it back just express it or say you're really cute let people see how cute you are. Yeah. But don't, don't just confine it or compartmentalise it to a few people like, I'll just show my friends that.
0: Yeah, or just show my family. Just trust
1: everyone. Learn to trust or learn to trust in yourself by sharing that with other people because that's the basis of opening up in relationships. We've got to get beyond trust. Okay. We've, got to, we've got to get beyond... Just gotta get beyond
2: con- non-trust.
1: Yeah, non-trust. That's <laughs> conditional, isn't it? Yeah.
0: It's like I'll trust you if you trust me. Yeah, <laughs> who's who's gonna blink first? Yeah.
1: yeah, we've got to
0: we've we've
1: got to get beyond confining ourselves to particular relationships. Mm. We've got to be able to share those lovely qualities about ourselves with everyone. Mm. And then you're not going to feel isolated. You, you, if your friend lets you down, you've only got two friends, then you've just got one friend left, you know. But if you're sharing all of those qualities, or some of those qualities with everyone, like you walk out the door, you go to the butcher, he gets that yeah. l- lovely quality of you. Yeah. You, you, you go and um, you go to work, everyone at work gets that quality.
0: You know what, Gabe, I've noticed it's infectious too. Yes. When is. you do it, then they in turn will bring it, So your butcher will take it to the next person that, that asks him for whatever it is, you know. He, he will, it is infectious, a smile and love. Love, well, I did say last week I wanted to make love an infectious disease. <laughs> uh, I hope that, you know, really our, our own expression of love, that's what it does. We don't hold it in. And it doesn't need to to cost finances. It, it is about offering um, um, when it, it's actually a bottomless pit when we offer from a place of nurturing ourselves first. So community work is mm. a perfect way for people to take yourselves out and actually learn what your skills are. They might be organizational. They might be editing. They might be gardening. They might be, um, you know, an attention to detail. They might be actually the the big picture person that goes into an organization and says, oh, look, I can see you need to be here and these are the steps that you would take to get there. And then someone else might come and say, hey, look, I'm good at those initial steps, but I don't know what to do beyond that. And someone else says, hey, look, I'm probably better at that than that. So when you all work as a team and you all appreciate what you're bringing to a project, the project is complete.
1: That's Mm. super healthy for your heart. And I think um, we saw on one of those surveys that are just, you know, paper surveys last year of the top 10 hints Mm -hmm. or tips for um, a happy, you know, successful person. Yep. And I think number three or four was volunteer work. There we go. Because we all really love to... to to be able to support not just ourselves but other people. There's a lot of value that we get back from being loving in the way
0: that we serve each other. It's serving each other, isn't Mm. it, really? service in life and that leads to a purpose in life. Mm. Now, we're coming to the end of our show, so I'm first of all going to say thank you both very much. Um, What you have shared today is just immense. It's been beautiful to um, hold the airways and, and offer you that space. Thank you, Thank Lucy, you Lucy, for
2: what you um, provide here on this station. It's um, it's incredible.
0: Yes, it's inspiring, Lucy, yeah. and, and it's an honour to be able to join you today. Thank you. Well, it's been great to host it. So I know you're coming back in a, in a month or so, I believe, so that will be wonderful. We'll, the, the listeners will be lucky enough and we'll we'll go again. Who knows what's kind? I know we've got it planned, but I'm not going to spoil that just yet. Um, Go another round of love. Go another (laughs) round of love. Just (laughs) delicious. Now, of course... um there's, an, there's a, an event coming up, which Stay in the Loop with Lucy and Triple H are going to be um, supporting, which is International Women's Day. It's going to be in Hornsby Mall on the 8th of March. So I couldn't really go the show without talking about that. We've got um, a whole load of people there who are volunteering their time, um, who are bringing stalls, who are going to offer services like mini massages, mini facials. Um, there's hair massage, there's um, many healings there are um, there are people who can talk to you about how to set up a business how to look at your accounts um, there's a wonderful woman who's coming to teach you how to make crowns fairy crowns and flower crowns and you know um, this hand art <laughs> with trying to find someone to do nail art um, I want to do a nail with a heart facing inwards about self love, that's <laughs> going to be the image tagline for the day, so Please, please, please um, come down and see us if you're free on the Wednesday. Um, it would be really lovely to see you there. All the money that we're raising on the day because we have an amazing raffle and an um, amazing opportunity to donate funds will go to Hornsby Crew and Guy Women's Shelter and Streetworks Young Women's Programs. Um, and and uh, it's a real celebration of women and um, what it is to be a woman and how we can support each other in community. So I really hope that you will uh, come down and share with us, um, you know, maybe offer to volunteer some of your time. Who knows? Who knows? Now, regardless of what has happened or is happening in your life, um, we always end this show by reminding ourselves um, that we are and always will will be amazing The key is to reconnect with that space and learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognize when your body is trying to tell you something is not quite right and then seek support with the appropriate um, support service, be that mental or physical health. That has been really um, so important in our show Mm. today. We've really covered that very, very importantly, the awareness of your body. And look for support in the community. It is there. You can offer it and it can be offered to you. The podcast for today's show will be available through the Stay in the Loop with Lucy website and on SoundCloud. And if you want to get updates, then please remember to like the Stay in the Loop with Lucy Facebook page and all links to those spaces are available through the Triple H homepage. So if you can't find one, you will find it somewhere. Honestly, just put Stay in the Loop with Lucy in, and and it'll all come up. Next week's show... Gosh, I'd better find out actually what next week's show is about because I've been so focused on this week's show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I haven't actually gone to next week's show. Next week's show is um, the prelude to International Women's Day. We're going to be, it's also um, Seniors Week and it's also Kidney Health Week. So really appropriate follow-up. And I'm really looking forward to the people that I'm going to be speaking to next week because we really will work on that um, Seniors awareness um, and uh, you know I probably will replay the kidney health show that I had with our, our beautiful John Lee who who talked so much about what he experienced as a child and actually what um, how he's lived with no kidneys for so many years and the level of care and attention to detail he needs to bring to his livingness in order to stay alive, actually, and contribute in the way he does to community, which is, you know, extraordinary. He's an absolute blessing in my life. So I thank you very much for for being with us today. Till next week's show, uh, remember to take a moment to look after you, maybe more than one moment, maybe every moment look after you, connect with the amazing people in our community, be kind, be caring, be love, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. The last song we're going to go out with today is called Be Love by Deborah Savran again. It's been a bit of a show for her. Take care and I'll see you next week.